Welcome to Dollar Theater. This is the podcast where we review movies that we love, some of which are critically acclaimed and some not so much. I think tonight we're doing one that is mostly critically acclaimed. It has a 7.0 on IMDb, a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably a defining movie of a generation to some. We'll get into it in a moment. Joining me, we are two-handed tonight, and I'm glad to have a good set of hands on this one. Um, my good friend, Bridgette Wagner, returning for the first time since we did Superbad a couple months ago. Bridgette, welcome back, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. Let's do this. American Pie, 1999. I remember seeing this in the theaters. I saw it, I think, opening weekend. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was going to kind of be one of those movies in the ilk of your teen films, like your Can't Hardly Wait or your She's All That. And when I got there, it was decidedly not that. All those movies from this era that we've covered at length from 96 to 01, they were suggestive, I'd say, but none really like pushed the envelope. I'd say probably the raciest out of all those was maybe Cruel Intentions, which we covered a couple months ago. But that wasn't even in the ballpark of this. This took like those limits and just bulldozed right past them. Mm -hmm. uh, it was definitely the first time I've ever seen someone have sex with a pie on a, on a screen. No, you never saw it before? <laughs> that, was a, that was a first for me. Uh, we, talk about this we talk about this a lot with like older movies. And we ask the question, like, how does it hold up? And I think that question means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It might mean, do some of the themes or the dialogue or mm -hmm. the things that happen, do they hold up to you as a person in 2022? To me, this question usually means... Does this movie, is this movie still enjoyable to watch, even if I liked it many years ago? And this was, I hadn't seen this movie in over 10 years. It's been a very long time since I purposely hit play on this film. And I would say in terms of holding up, I really enjoyed watching this. I still, so I watched it twice this week uh, get to get ready for this. And it's still a really fun movie to watch. The thing that maybe doesn't hold up as much is this was billed as like the super raunchy movie right and now watching it. It's kind of laughable that this was considered raunchy in 1999 because right. I know you and I, you and I both watch euphoria. So, right. And a lot of other things. So whole different was, level. Yeah. This is, this was, this is PG compared to euphoria. So right. I, I didn't really, I didn't really find myself like <gasps> aghast mm -hmm. at anything that was on the screen, but it's still a really good movie. You, these are really good performances. You can tell all of these characters and we're definitely going to talk about the cast and our favorite scenes. You tell all of these people really genuinely care for one another. That's what makes this movie everlasting for me, even all these years later. Bridgette, why do you, why do you like this movie? Um, so you've touched on a lot of the things that I have thought about too with rewatching this. So I haven't seen this in probably even longer than you, like closer to when it came out. Like I, I, yeah, I saw it like when it came out, I think like maybe I rewatched it back then within that time frame. but, um, it's, it does hold up for me as far as it's like this nostalgic piece of that time period, that early, that, um, you know, not early 2000s yet, but I guess late 90s and just like so much it just and then I'm sure we'll touch on it. But just like the culture of the time period, the music of the time period, the fashion, the um, like so much of that, just rewatching it, it just kind of like brought back this wave of nostalgia. But 
I do agree, like watching it now with these new lens in like 2022, of course, you know, there's certain things, of course, if you want to really analyze are problematic, yes. But as far as like gratuitous stuff, like you're saying, yeah, it is funny. It is funny how like, I guess for the time for it being like a teen movie, um, it was kind of its own thing. It was kind of its new thing. Um, but I don't remember being that. And I was pretty, I, went, I think I was like 14, maybe when I saw this. I don't remember being that like taken aback or aghast, which is, I don't know what it says about me being that, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I just remember really enjoying this movie and I still do. All right. So I broke, usually we start talking about the cast here. I broke this into two sections because not on purpose, but just kind of by default, the first section of this is five dudes. It's just, that's the way okay. it goes. There's five guys in this movie that would, be the staples of this franchise and we're definitely going to talk about the franchise and mm -hmm. the sequels that came but the five lead characters of most of these movies are jim kevin oz finch and stifler mm -hmm. jason biggs as jim i remember this was a big talking point at the time i don't know Bridget, if you remember this but he was billed as the next adam sandler after this movie that was all, oh really was, no i don't remember some, that okay that was something i saw a lot on the internet this guy's the next adam sandler oh, funny. It obviously didn't really turn out that way but I thought he was really funny in this. This film led to some, he was in some other kind of lesser teen movies like Loser and Boys and Girls. And recently he had a, he had a nice arc on Orange is the New Black. He's, so yeah. he certainly didn't have the career Sandler had, but he's always, he's someone who's been around for a while. Uh, Sean William Scott, probably the biggest name to emerge from this film is Stifler. The first time you see him come on the screen, he has that kind of je ne sais quoi that you see in a lot of these big names yeah. and he'd emerge as for a minute there in the late, in the late to maybe the, that whole decade of the two thousands, one of the biggest stars it, maybe in the world. Too, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was great in road trip. He had a nice funny cameo in old school. Probably my favorite non-American pie movie of his is role models where he was opposite Paul Rudd. That was, Oh yeah. I love that. Not, movie. Uh, so the rest of these guys are kind of staples of, of this decade. Chris Klein is Oz. He had a moment, but nothing like yeah. Sean William Scott did. Remember right. him as Dusty and Just Friends? That was it was a funny role that he was in with opposite Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart. Oh, Thomas yeah. Ian Nichols. Bridget, do you remember the movie uh, uh, Rookie of the Year? Okay, so, you know, it's funny. I was lo just looking him up on IMDb earlier today, and I was like, what? He was that Rookie of the Year kid? Henry Rowengardner. Yeah. <laughs> So that this is was, so funny. Yeah, I did not put that together. So in 1999, when I saw this, he was probably like the one guy, maybe other than Eugene Levy, who I spotted right away. I was oh, that's okay. Henry Rowengartner. You know, didn't really have like much of a career, but he's another guy. You look at his IMDb, he's still working, but not in anything that maybe you've seen. Just he's, he's still doing work. It hasn't faded away. Same with Eddie K. Thomas as Finch. Does a lot of sitcom work. He's right. notably one of the voices in American Dad, which is a show that's been on for a while. So voice work, you're, 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 getting, you're getting bags from that. Uh, any of those five kind of stand out for you? Um, yeah. When you were talking about Sean William Scott, I do remember like just thinking like he is just kind of the star like of this time period. Right. And like, dude, where's my car was like a real big one yeah. for him too back then, you know, like him and Ashton Kutcher and everybody's going around saying, dude, where's my car? <laughs> it's just like for the time period, I just felt like uh, he was very iconic. So I think he's kind of the most memorable for me. All right. From the supporting cast, I guess we have to lead off here with Eugene Levy, mm -hmm. who I guess to a, to a generation now 
they know him as Johnny Rose right. from Shit's Creek. Absolutely. But to me, he's always going to be Jim's dad. This is where right. I knew of him as kind of an 80s star who was in these movies opposite your Steve Martins and your John Candies. And he was kind of in that lane, but mm-hmm. overshadowed. And this was kind of the first time I saw him going go in his own way, build his own character. And we're going to talk about him more when we talk about the franchise, because he's a recurring character in this. Right. Uh, this is definitely the first time I saw Jennifer Coolidge as Stifler's mom. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yep. Uh, she, she was great. Solid career as well. She's great in the Legally Blonde films. Yes. Uh, the, the White Lotus premiered season two. She won an Emmy for season one. Season two premiered this Sunday. She's still hilarious. Tara Reid, Shannon Elizabeth. These are staples of the mm-hmm. 2000s. early 2000s they were they were there hot for a minute they're still both still like thomas ian nichols eddie k thomas they're still working right not anything major tara reads uh in the sharknado franchise (laughs) (laughs) i've seen clips i've never sat down i I, I haven't seen the movies but i saw that looking at her imdb i was like oh okay she did the sharknado okay (laughs) well good so yeah those are those are things those are some things that that people watch uh natasha leone Pleasant yes. surprise. I like Russian Doll on Netflix. Yeah, like, so good. Emmy award-winning show. She was the star of that. She's really good. Is there anyone from the supporting cast who stands out for you, either that I mentioned there or that mm-hmm. I forgot to talk about? Yeah, I love Natasha Leon and like Orange is the New Black too. Like that's one of my faves. So um, I, I think seeing her start off with kind of that same kind of sassy, sarcastic humor that we come to love and like a lot of her characters that she's had. Um, and I saw that it was the Beverly, what was it? Beverly Hills slums. Is that what she did? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember seeing that back in the day and just like, what in the world is this crazy movie? This is hilarious. Who is this lady? And it looked like (laughs) it was the year after that American pie came out. So I feel like that movie kind of probably got her attention. I'm sure for American pie. Um, but she's great at what she does. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to see that her career has like gone where it has. Cause I think she's done a lot of cool projects and yeah, I love her. All right. So let's talk about this franchise because this movie made, this movie had an $11 million budget. It made $235 million back. So when that happens, studios like making money and they're going to sign some sequels. So there were a lot yeah. here. Right. American Pie 2. I really enjoyed this film. I thought this was a good follow-up. It follows their first year after college. Mm -hmm. It deals with the issues of them continuing to grow up and not knowing what they're going to do with their lives. Notably, there's a scene where Jim super glues his dick to his hand. That's maybe the one thing people remember (laughs) from this film if they haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I'm having (laughs) memories come back to me now. (laughs) Repressed memories. (laughs) American Wedding. I have this just in my notes as meh. This, I think this was okay. the weakest of uh-huh. the franchise. Notably, this did not have Chris Klein, Tara Reid, Shannon Elizabeth, mm-hmm. Mina Savari, and Natasha Leon all oh, absent from this film. So they made up for that by just, this was basically the Stifler movie. And I didn't think it was possible uh, to have too much Stifler, yeah, but that was what yeah. this film suffered from. It's on IMDb. It's the least rated of hmm. all the films okay. from, the, from the first four. So this was not memorable for me. My least favorite. Yeah, I don't remember anything from that. I'm sure I saw it back then, but yeah, um, I definitely I saw all these in the theaters. Okay, American Reunion. American Reunion. Not well received, but I'm a defender. I liked. I liked this movie. It was really good. They're full blown adults now. Uh, Jim and Michelle have children. The mm-hmm. opening scene of this involves. It's kind of a callback to the opening scene of this movie, 
where Jim's trying to jerk off, and instead of his parents barging in, it's his young son just interrupting okay. him while, while he's trying that to jerk one. off. <laughs> okay, this this is really funny. I enjoyed this. I I've heard a lot of bad reviews. I'm a defender uh-huh. of American Reunion. I, I I'd recommend it if you're a fan of this franchise. I'd go I'd go see it. Uh, notably, also uh, Finch's mom is in this, portrayed by Rebecca De Mornay, and okay. Stifler Stifler gets some revenge, so to say. Um, nice so, nice all right then we have these straight to dvds i don't know if you call them spinoffs or sequels which are basically softcore porn i'll just rattle off these titles really quick they all start with american pie presents so i'm not going to say that four times but we got right band camp the naked mile the book of love and girls rules from 2020 did not see girls rules that was a lot i've seen all these other films mm-hmm. the first one band camp it's focused on stifler's brother and then the rest of these films are like whoa this is a stifler cousin and you're like okay great and eugene levy shows up in all except for girls rules the latest one shows up for like a scene or two cashes a check gives it some credibility some dna stitch to the the franchise moves on with your moves on with his life right have you seen any of these i have not honestly um and so was that how recent were those I want to say Bandcamp was 06 or 07. Okay. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Okay. So the first three, they were between American Wedding and American Reunion because American Reunion was 2012. So these the first three and then Girls Rules was 2020. Did not see that movie. It's a, I think it's a 3.8 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. I'm not in any rush. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Announced. If you go on IMDb, American Pie 5 is announced. That's it. You don't you don't have any we don't have any details on who's hmm. coming, who's not coming, literally okay. and figuratively in, in the yeah. film. Um but I'll be, it, I'll, it keeps going. I'll be there. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is a franchise people are interested right. in. I will be American Pie five, six, seven, I will be there. Uh any of the any of those movies that you've seen stand out for you from the sequels? Honestly, it's been so long since I've even looked at them i remember thinking american pie 2 was pretty decent um but yeah and i did not see any of those other ones i didn't even know there were that many to be honest like that's insane but i mean that's it's kind of cool though it's it's kind of cool that something that was just a german idea like 1999 whatever like that it's still going on like it was a callback so much of the cast is like still involved You'd be walking through a blockbuster in 2008 uh-huh. and you're just like, what the, the naked American pie presents the <laughs> naked mile. And he's so Eugene funny. Levy was on the cover of all these. So you think, you think he would yeah. have had a prominent role in it, but literally he was just in one scene. I think, yeah, he's a lawyer. I don't even know in the, the one movie, I think it was the naked mile. He's a lawyer and he bails them out of jail. And it's just, that was his one scene in the movie. <laughs> Doesn't really didn't know, make he, any sense. He was there. And that's what they wanted. They wanted yeah. him there, you know, that that's probably was enough to still like do his part, you know. I'm sure he didn't care either. He's the check no. cleared. We're we're right. good. <laughs> so yeah, that's exactly. that's the franchise. We're gonna take a quick break and then we will go into our favorite scenes. We are back. Favorite scenes. The first one I have written down here is the opening scene in which Jim is Jim gets caught trying to jerk off by his parents. Right. Just a, I throw back in general from when you didn't have a channel and you get those fuzzy those right. lines on your screen mm-hmm. because now when you don't have a channel it just says 
you're poor. You don't have this channel <laughs> on your TV. <laughs> right. You don't get the fuzzy lines or anything. You can't translate anything. But he's trying to watch porn. The, the waves are coming in. He, he's got the, the sock on his dick. His mom comes in. Mom is like Pez's dad. Eugene Levy comes in. He's he's super understanding about what's what's happening. Even when he sees the the sock on his dick, he's like, oh, okay. Just, you know, he's been there before. <laughs> I, I love been him. He sees all this weird shit. We're definitely going to talk about him more. Just sees all mm-hmm. this wacky shit, but he's never, never raises his voice or anything. He's a super cool mm-hmm. dad. And that's the opening scene of this movie. Him get trying to get caught. Him trying to avoid being caught jerking off by his parents. What did you think of the opening scene? Yeah, it definitely sets a tone, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for for what we're what is coming to happen in this movie, and um, and we just get to see his dad's character in general. Like you said, like he could have you know been screaming. He could have been like, "How dare you!" Like, but like you said, he, he he's like, "All right, he's a young teenage boy." This is going to happen. You know? <laughs> just like, but that's the humor in it, you know, sure. the way he approaches it for sure. What's the scene you like? Um, Let's see here. I didn't make kind of a list. I mean, I love so many of the scenes with him because I love the, I love his character. Um, When he first gives him the magazines. Oh too, my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, like shaved is one I'm not super familiar with. <laughs> I think I read something about how, like, I think he just like ad libbed a lot of that, like just kind of came up with a lot so of this that. So this was on my, this was on my internet stuff. But we okay. Did, okay. He did not like the script of this movie at all. And threatened right. to walk out if he wasn't able to improvise his lines. And I don't know what the script entailed for him, but thankfully, because yeah. he was really funny in this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. He knew, I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool that shows like, his range as a comedian to kind of be aware of that and to like, you know, to know what was going to be more effective, but to know what was going to get more of the last or the, you know, what maybe within his range, what would be better too. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, he says, uh, I put the quote here, you know, your uncle Mort, he pitched the one eye snake five to six <laughs> times a day. It's like practice for the big game. You see, <laughs> I like how he emphasizes cause he's, he's talking to him about masturbating and he's mm-hmm. like, he goes, you know, back when I was young, I did quite a lot of masturbating and he like pauses and then like yes. pitches the word up for dramatic effects. Yes. Just really funny. And he, there's a version of this where we'll talk about there was a casting almost that might not have worked. Oh, okay. That'll say for the internet. But yeah, in the wrong mm-hmm. hands, this he could have been dorky and he was right. kind of dorky, but he you right. also really cared about him too. And I think that's a, that's a credit to Eugene Levy as a performer. Yeah, I wrote um, the prom scene with him, too. So, like, when you were kind of talking about his pacing. So, when he's like, I'm just going to say one thing before you leave tonight. I want you to be very, very careful when you're putting on the corsage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. Yes. Like, his pacing and, like, leaving just that, that time to make you think, like, yeah, he's great. <laughs> All right. So, another one I have written down here is... This is this oh, is yeah. at the party. This we see. I I love him. He's just walking around this party because well, he does literally own the place, right? But he he's, he sees um oh shoot what are there um I had a rendition oh Vic, he sees Vicky and Jessica and mm-hmm. he, he walks up to them and he's like glad you can make it and he walks around he's like bitches and he sees <laughs> Chuck Sherman at the party Sherman and Sherman puts his hand up for a high five. He's like what the fuck are you doing here? So he's, he's just walking around this party being a dick and he brings, mm-hmm. of course he brings like a younger girl into his room 
to mm-hmm. like try to hook up with her. And this was right after uh, Kevin and Vicky just left the room after he, he she was giving him head. So he, he nutted in this in this beer. The girl says, I don't have. Oh, I left my beer downstairs. He's like, I'll drink this one. And you can tell he drinks the beer. It tastes funny. He looks in the cup and sees, looks back. Kevin and Vicky just left here and he throws up on the girl. Fun thing I read, the jizz was egg whites that they put. Oh into my God. Beer. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was tough. And he, we see him, we see the girl run out. She's covered in vomit and uh-huh. Stifler's throwing up. Yeah. We'll see a lot of, we see a lot of gross things happen to Stifler throughout this franchise, yes. but this was this was maybe the grossest where he, he drinks actual human ejaculate. Tough, tough break for I him. I mean, in some ways it's kind of karma a little bit, I guess, because he's kind of a dick to a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's kind of like he puts it out there, but he, he always gets something back to him. Like, they're, they're just kind of is like this balance with him, like... Well, the one thing I like about this movie in general is that, yeah, Stifler's a dick, yeah. I don't really classify him as a bully. You know, in the 80s, True. this movie, he might have been like torturing these kids, but he's their friend. He, you know, he yeah. busts their balls and stuff, but he, right. you can tell in certain parts of the movie, he genuinely has a good friendship with Oz and, you know, him and totally. Finch bust each other's balls, but you could tell like he, he likes, he likes these people. They all, they all like each other, even if they, at some at certain points, they just tolerate Stifler. Right. Maybe because, maybe because he's the guy who hosts all the parties and has this big cottage on Lake Michigan. Probably. Yeah, it's convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Comes with the territory. Another one I have here is the pie. That's that's arguably, maybe not my favorite scene of the movie, but the the signature scene. Of course, yep. We get that foreshadowing earlier when he asks Kevin and Jim asks Kevin and Oz what third base feels like. And Oz tells him warm apple pie. So it was funny that mom left him a whole apple pie. I wouldn't have made, gone myself, I wouldn't have gone from point A to point B and started having intercourse with the pie but i'm also not a movie star right i am funny story funny jason Biggs story about this scene he paused and almost didn't do it he called his manager and said my career is going to end before it even starts really if if i do this scene and his manager was like no it's not get in there and fuck that pie with all you got and this is (laughs) could be not true but it was on the internet right right, right, right. fuck that pie with all you got i mean you can see why he might hold back, you know, right. kind of second think it for a minute. Like, am I always, I mean, and of course he has been known as that guy, but it didn't, you know, ultimately I, I wouldn't say it destroyed his career though. No, definitely not. Yeah. And we, we get another dose of Jim's dad being super understanding because they're, they're just standing there looking at this like ravaged pie. Like, Oh, we'll just <laughs> tell your mom we, we ate it. <laughs> I was like, that's so like kind of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll we'll swallow, we'll take that together, you know. We'll take the heat together with whatever mom does. Like I was like, oh, like, yeah, like you said, like it's not it's not like he's trying to be like buddy buddy, like best friend with him. Like he's still being the dad, but he's also shows a lot of love for him. Yeah. And, yeah, and you really do see it in moments like that. <laughs> Another one I have here, I have Nadia. And I have this in my notes. We talk about things that hold up or don't hold up. Yeah. You know, pretty sure this is a crime in the in the present day. If okay. you broadcast you broadcast someone naked on the internet without their permission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think but it, so. Yeah. But we, we didn't have webcam was, rules yet. It was all fresh and new. Yeah, was, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know, yeah. <laughs> so put that aside for, for, right, the, yeah. for the time being. Yes. She strips in his room, starts masturbating in his bed. 
that's that's the that's the racy stuff. The funny stuff is everybody's reactions. We see Jim kind of sprinting mm-hmm. across town to get Ke- Kevin's house. Blink one eighty two. Oh my god! For some reason, I was like, "What the heck? They're in this movie." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, that's Blink one eighty two. And it's is. funny because they're like back of being relevant now. They got that new tour going on and yep. everything. You know, they're kind of part of the whole nineties comeback right now. So right, that was extra funny to see them. And then we get Chuck Sherman. He calls them to tell him, you know, Jim addressed the email wrong. And instead of just making this a private thing, everyone in the school is watching this. So we see, you know, the scene of Jim dancing and they're like, I like Stifler's reaction. He's like, what the fuck is he doing? Just <laughs> Jim dancing. And, you know, he nuts twice prematurely. And then that, that's the end of the scene. And unfortunately, my guy goes back to school to, to get mocked, probably deservedly so. Yeah. But, you know, if this was 2022, he might be in jail. So, so. Maybe I'll just take take the mocking. Yeah, right. Not so bad. Not so bad. <laughs> Don't forget it. You know, the, the kids will move on. But yeah, definitely we're going to go to jail. <laughs> I got one more listed here. Did, was there anything you wanted to touch on before I go there? Um, Let's see here. Um, So, of course, I mean, we, we we're talking about Jennifer Coolidge. And, you know, this was such a huge role for her for like, like me too. Like that's where I knew first knew her from. She's, you know, Stifler's mom. Right. (laughs) And so like, I mean, you could see her legit humor too already. Like uh, I pulled this line that I, I got some scotch aged 18 years the way I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I I just like, I just loved it. Like, and like, it's just, it's just great to see her because she's, she's evolved a lot, but in a lot of ways she's still the same. Like she's still just like, she's got kind of her own type of humor, her own persona, but like, she, I just love her. So um, having her, any scene with her, you know, is something that I definitely want to know. And then like, I know I've touched too on Natasha Leone. I had one um, when she was talking her and Vicky. And then um, when Vicky was talking about like, you know, wanting to be perfect, it's got to be completely perfect for losing her virginity. I want the right time, the right moment, the right place. And then she's just like, Vicky, it's not a spatial launch of sex. <laughs> <laughs> so just like her crass, you know, the, the type of like Natasha Leon response stuff. Like I, I enjoyed that as well. It's funny that there's probably a whole generation of people who use the word MILF and they don't even oh, yeah. know that it's about yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> I, I always think that too, when people still use that, like, you know, I'm a high school English teacher. I had a kid that wore like a MILF shirt forever. And I think <laughs> that too, it's a new generation. I see stuff like that. I'm like, do they even know nope. like where that came from? Or do they just think that's always been a thing? Because <laughs> it just cracked me up. I guess that goes both ways because I remember I recently watched uh, the movie Sunset Boulevard, which was yeah. a 50s film. And yeah. for a while, like I never said this, but I would think like, I'm ready for my close up. And I was just, it was just something that was like in my consciousness. Okay. And I had no idea it was from this movie until I saw this movie. It was, it was one of my pandemic watches. Huh. I was like, oh, okay. I've been thinking about this line from this movie and didn't even know what it was from. So I guess the, it, go, it goes around. It circles. True. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there's other things that we have pulled too that we have no idea in our <laughs> generation. So. All right. The last one I have here, I just have as Michelle's turn. We didn't even talk about Allison Hannigan. I guess yeah. Right. I forgot. I talk about her too. Yeah. Before, so I mentioned uh, Thomas Ian Nichols as Kevin, knowing him from Rookie of the Year. Obviously, I guess I didn't watch Buffy, but I knew who Allison Hannigan was. I did. I yeah. loved Buffy, and so I so loved her is, from Buffy. 
Yeah, so this was the other person who was recognizable at, at the start of this film. And she's kind of portrayed as this band dork. You know, I felt bad for them in the beginning of the movie when they try to get into Stifler's party. And he's like drinking a beer and his friend comes up to him, Habbard. He's like, party? He's like, uh, no, try the house down the street. And he just, they look over and they, he closes the door in their face. So she's kind of portrayed as this band dork. Yeah. And she's, t- she's telling Jim this story about how she played spin the bottle after the prom. And you can tell Jim's bored as shit talking to her and then she just randomly just out of nowhere and this one time at band camp i snuck a flute in my pussy <laughs> right and, <laughs> and i remember i was in the pack i was at a pack theater seeing this oh my god and it was just, it was a, a mixture of shock and laughter when when she dropped that line it's <laughs> like what the f- what the fuck just happened because he spits out his beer and i guess we were i don't think i was le- no i wasn't legal age to drink so none of us had alcohol right. i would spit my beer out at that as well right yeah that's funny just the scene of them having sex. She starts throwing them all around the room and say my name, bitch. It's just, that was improvised <laughs> by her. According was to it really? Stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, just, she was great. And obviously this leads to them getting more romantically involved and they're married. Right. American wedding is about their marriage and now they have kids in American reunion. So this was the, the origin of that. All right. So yeah, great movie. Great scenes. That was the end of the movie. The, oh, well, I guess the very last scene is where we see Jim dancing to Nadia on the webcam and yes. Eugene Levy, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> good. Good final shot of the film, Eugene Levy dancing. I love it. All right. Let's segue then in according to the internet. So I taught, I foreshadowed, I alluded to this earlier. Mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Murray was considered for the role of Jim's dad. I don't know how, okay. how close they got. I <laughs> love Eugene Levy. This is Eugene Levy's part. Yeah. I don't think Bill Murray's showing up for four straight to DVD sequels. I don't even know if he's showing up for American right. Pie 2. He's kind of... Right. This is, he's, this, that's a really big name. So I, I'm i glad we got Eugene Levy and the consistency that came with him. Any thoughts on, on Murray in this role? Did you think he would have tackled yeah, it differently? I or... Yeah. I, at first, I mean, if it was one movie, like it could have been funny, like American Pie. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like for how big of a star he is, like I can't see... and. I don't know. It's just something about Eugene Levy's way that he plays that character like that. It just wouldn't have been the same. I don't think like it's, it's the style of humor that like square acting, but also like he's cool with him in a way. Like, I, I don't know if Bill Murray would have the restraint, if that makes sense, like to kind of act and to pull off that comedy style that same way. It just would have been different and it, it, different's okay, but I'm with you. I'm so happy we had Eugene Levy. <laughs> if you were going to get Bill Murray for this role, this was the time you could have got him, 99. Yeah. Because this was when he was doing like bit parts and wild things. And yeah, he probably I was think, pretty busy back then, I would think. Lost in Translation was like 2001. I love this that is when movie. he started doing like yeah. Wes Anderson, Royal Tenenbaums is okay. 01. He started doing more of the quirky stuff and the indie. Shortly before like the next phase of his career and he became like a megastar again. Yeah. But if you were going to get Bill Murray at any time, you could have got him in 99. I mean, I'm I'm glad he ended up doing the stuff that he did because he's great in the, you know, in Lost in Translation and the Wes Anderson stuff. Like, I'd much rather have had him for that. Yes. So. <laughs> I think it worked out well for everyone. It worked out. So the lead choice to play the role of Jim was a staple of the 90s, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I he- thought I saw something about that. That is so hard to imagine. It is very hard to imagine. I can't even say he would have been better or worse. Yeah. But yeah, just a, just a, this is a name I haven't really even thought of since Home Improvement. Yeah, 
I mean, honestly, he was like my boy crush when I was like 12. I had posters of him on my wall. Like, and like, he just had such that identity though of kind of like the home improvement sweet kid and stuff. Like, I mean, I guess on one hand, it would be kind of funny like to see him break out of that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think having kind of more the fresh, the fresh blood of Jason Biggs, like, I don't know. I, I think it ultimately, I, it wouldn't have worked the same, I don't think. Could have been, because I, I couldn't tell you the last time I even heard of Jonathan yeah. Taylor Thomas and anything. Yeah. Could have been a career resurgence for him if it, if it happened. True, true. It did, not, it did not happen. And here we are. So uh, Selma Blair was offered yeah. any of the female roles. It really? Just, this is what it just says on the internet. Any so of them. She, <laughs> she could have been Michelle. She, she could have been Nadia. Whatever, whatever she wanted wow. was hers. Huh. And she turned it down, calls it one of the biggest regrets of her career. She didn't okay. want to do another teen movie. She had just done Cruel Intentions. And I don't, so it, these usually we can speculate would X have been better in this role, but just as any of right. the female characters might've been cool as uh, in the N- Natasha Leon part. I could yeah, have seen them see being interchangeable. Yeah. It's similar, like the sarcastic humor and the quips yeah. and stuff. Like I could see that. Mm-hmm. All right. I got one more here. Did you have anything you wanted to rattle off so as far as um like fun fact stuff sure um well as somebody who's from michigan i was kind of like okay why did why is everything taking place in grand rapids or whatever and like so i was looking that up and so it said east great falls high schools based on east grand rapids high school michigan where screenwriter Adam Hurst actually went to school. Okay. Because so, uh, I, my high school, it was like a big thing. A lot of people were going to U of M or going to MSU. And I know they were talking like that, you know, like talking about certain characters going to MSU and stuff. And so it was just kind of like weird for me. I was like, okay, what? So <laughs> I was like, why are they randomly like just, you know, talking about Grand Rapids, Michigan or whatever? So, so that kind of made sense. Like I get it. You know, a lot of times people who write it, we're going to talk use that place where they came from right um oh the famous apple pie was purchased at costco nice, nice. <laughs> so, maybe you, it's you one wanna... of those large costco pies <laughs> you know i live by a costco and i'm surprised they don't advertise this come get the the famous american what? Pie yeah <laughs> you think that would be a selling point <laughs> yeah oh wow you know i gotta grab one of those pies that this guy had sex with <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, I read Allison Hannigan and Jennifer Coolidge. They both played clarinet in high school. Okay. That was hilarious. So, was- like, yep. So, they, um, it's funny. Allison Hannigan, like, she legit was a clarinet. I don't yeah, know if, was- you know, she treated bad in camp the same, but <laughs> she does have a, some similar origin story, I guess. Um, she, she had said a lot of people would come up to her for, like, years, like, even recently. And then yeah. they just come up. Yeah, this one time at band camp. Got it. Oh, I'm my like, God. All right, cool. I'm You're sure. the first to do this. I'm sure it still happens sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, did you see that Sean William Scott was only paid eight thousand for his? That was actually my role? last one. So, okay, yeah, I stole it. So. <laughs> it was his first. It was his first movie That's role. Rough. So I guess like yeah. someone in their first movie role, eight eight thousand dollars. Like yeah, like, yeah, let's go. Right. But and smart to take it because it led to a lot bigger paydays down the line. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's investment for yeah ended up paying off. But dang, I when I read that, I was like, okay. That's, yeah, that's rough, but I'm glad he took it still, though. <laughs> yeah, worked out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, trivia. 
So we we're covering a raunchy teen comedy tonight. There are a lot of other raunchy teen comedies out there. So we're going to play four real, one fake. So I got five movies listed here. Okay. One of them is not real. They're all teen comedies. Okay. All right. So I'll give you the title and a brief description. And maybe you know some of these. Maybe you've seen some of them. I've tried to go as obscure as I could. Oh, boy. <laughs> here all we right, go. So first up. 100 Girls. This is from the year 2000, or is it? It stars Jonathan Tucker and Katherine Heigl. It's about a guy who hooks up with a girl in a dark elevator. He has no idea who she is, and he tries to find out by interrogating 100 different girls from his school. This was from 2000, or was it? Okay. Okay. Private School. This is from 1983. Stars Matthew Modine and Phoebe Cates. It's about a group of guys who dress up as girls to spy on the one guy's girlfriend in an all-girls school. So this is a product of the mm-hmm. 80s, obviously, from that description. Troubleshooting. This is from 2014, or is it? Mm-hmm. With Emma Roberts, and it plays a girl who accidentally uploads a series of her nude photographs onto the internet, mm-hmm. and she has to go through all these hoops, encountering all these shady figures in the porn industry, including the CEO of a search engine played by John C. Riley, to get the photos removed. So troubleshooting 2014. Miss March 2009. This is about a guy who goes into a coma and wakes up to discover that his girlfriend is now a Playboy centerfold. Oh my. And then last up, we have Sex Drive. From 2008, this stars Clark Duke and Seth Green. And it's about a guy who drives cross-country sex drive to have sex with a girl that he met on the internet. So 2008, meeting someone on the internet was kind of foreign territory still at that point. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's the synopsis of that movie that may or may not be real. So one of these is fake. So they're all, are they all real movies though? Or one is one one I made up. One is entirely the whole thing, the title, everything. Just made up. Okay. Stars, date, all that. <laughs> I, I made up. These are quite obscure. All right. <laughs> um, I'll tell you straight up. I've seen... Um, oh, no. I've seen all of these, except for the fake one. <laughs> <laughs> I, for some reason, I'm going to go with 100 Girls. I don't know why, but I'm going to go ahead and go with that one. This was... 100 Girls was real. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm trying to think who else was, there was a lot of people in this movie that, uh, Catherine Heigl was in this, this was a couple years before Knocked Up, Emmanuel Shikri, I probably fucked up her name royally, who was like one of the stars of Entourage, uh, a few, a bunch of people in this, a lot of products of that decade, this was a real movie. Oh, well, I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could recommend it. And okay, continue not, our not friendship. worth a rewatch, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> troubleshooting is the one i made up that's you know the okay i started to think about that and then i was like i could see that being real though so i don't know <laughs> i know I, I made up this title and this sounds like kind of like a suspense thriller as opposed to uh-huh. a comedy <laughs> maybe you should but pitch it you know <laughs> as as always movie studios right dm2000 I'm, my dms are open i have a public account I'm, he's available I'm, i'll always take a meeting <laughs> okay why don't we do some awards now MVP of this film. There are, I guess, a lot of people to choose from here, but yeah. ultimately, I went with Sean William Scott as Sniffler mm-hmm. for my MVP. We're covering a movie in a couple of weeks. Our our next one we're covering is Ten Things I Hate About You. 
And oh, when you that watch movie. that movie and you see Heath Ledger in that film, yeah, you're just like, you've never seen this guy probably ever. And you're like, star, that guy is a fucking star. And the same thing here with Sean William Scott. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at this guy, you're like, this is not like anything I've seen before. Yeah. And you're like, this guy is a movie star. And sure enough, he, he was. And we'd be seeing, he'd be on our screens for a very long time. So this is, this is my choice. I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this one. You can probably make a case for a a lot of other people in this movie. I know. It's like, I really could go multiple ways, to be honest. Um, That was my pick. I went with Stifler, Sean William Scott for my mm -hmm. MVP. Which way did you go? I think, ultimately, I got to go with Eugene Levy, I think. Okay. (laughs) I just, I I think he just... He, you know, like, well, like we said, we speak, we're talking about him and like, you know, he, he really was kind of made for this role. He stayed with the franchise so long. Um, he's just such a lovable, weird, quirky dad. And I just, I saved so much of his quotes. So I, I just, <laughs> I found him to be the, I don't know. I just, I love it. There's so many good females in this too, though. You know, I think my runner up like Natasha Leon or Alison Hannigan, but. I, I have a female for my my sixth man. My sixth man's a woman this week, so okay, we'll do we'll do that. So we'll have okay. a poll. We got a Stifler, yeah. Stifler and uh, Jim's dad. Yeah, who is Jim's dad in this movie? But I believe in a later film, it's revealed that his name's Noah. I I don't know oh. if I have that correct, but I I think he's just Jim's dad in this film. But we we later learn his name is Noah. But he's Jim's dad for all intents and purposes today. All right, sixth man, or in this case, sixth woman. There were a lot to choose from here. We talked about supporting cast, but I went with Allison Hannigan as, mm-hmm. as Michelle. Like like Eugene Levy and like Stifler, they would, she would go on to be one of the staples of this franchise. And just, I told you about the, the shock in the theater when we, we watched her talk about what she did with a flute and just yes. say my name, bitch. This was just ultimate character turn. We talk about character arcs, and this was kind of a character arc before we even knew that phrase. So I went with uh, Michelle Allison Hannigan for my sixth, in this case, sixth woman of the film. And where did you go? Um, I guess since I keep mentioning her, I'll go with Natasha, Natasha Leon. Um, the- just because, yeah, just, I, I think with like some of the, like she had like a good balance with like, you know, the Terry type characters and just like, you know, and Terry was good too, but just, just kind of snapping them back to reality with her like snarky stuff. And, you know, she, I just, I just enjoyed her. Super unique. Kind of like Stifler. Yeah. You looked at Natasha Leon and, and you're True. like, huh. Well, there's nobody. Is... Yeah. There's nobody yeah. else in the movie like her at all. Like, you know, she, she does kind of stand out in her way. Absolutely. So I can't, I can't argue with that pick. So we've got a good couple polls coming yeah. to the Instagram. Awesome. What is something good you watched this week? Um, so, I mean, I was just going to say, I, w- I wanted to touch on the House of Dragons. I finished that. Okay. And, um, I mean, have you been watching that too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, was... yeah, I thought you have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Smith really bringing it in that yeah. show. And you kind of love to hate him. Um, I watched. A... Oh, go ahead. That's the thing. Like, he could be like a villain in one episode, yeah. and then he's like your favorite character. Yeah. Like the scene where he chokes her in the finale. You're like, what is he uh-huh. doing? This guy's a monster. But then he's, I think he says something about uh, to uh, to the uh, high tower. He says to the dad mm-hmm. about his let me shove his cock in his cut off his cock and shove it in his <laughs> mouth. He was like, All right. and that was definitely something that was improvised because I don't think George R. R. Martin wrote that. Right. <laughs> 
So yeah, Matt Smith, I, I see an Emmy nomination at the, at the least in his future. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh no. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, I was just going to say, you know, we just wrapped up Halloween and all that. So I did watch the new, well, you know, Halloween ends okay. the Halloween poster. So, um, I thought overall it was pretty good for, you know, wrapping up the franchise. And I mean, I'm sure there's more movies to come knowing how Halloween operates, but, um, you know, and we had a couple, that one was filmed in Georgia, but the two before that were filmed here in Wilmington. And we've had okay. a lot of like horror films here lately too. We had like the new Scream, which is just so bizarre to see, like when you recognize like scenes and stuff, you know, uh, like it, it almost takes you out of it a little bit, but then at the same time, it like makes your town extra creepy. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Did you, did you see that one too? Yeah. I saw that in theaters and I, mm-hmm. I landed on the pro side of the coin as well. Yeah. I, you know, there's, I don't know if you followed the discourse. There's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opinions about this movie. That's what Most, I've seen. Yeah. Mostly bad. <laughs> That's what I've seen, which I, you know, like I thought it was pretty good. Like um, Jamie Lee Curtis is just amazing. Like, yeah. you know, she's still bringing it. And I saw like, she was posting on her Insta, some of like behind the scene things of him just like shoving her head into like a cabinet and stuff. And I'm like, dang, like she's still doing like her own stunts and stuff. Like, She's just a badass. I got to give her props. Yeah. And this was a, I'm, I'm not going to spoil for anyone who yeah. hasn't seen it yet, but this yeah. was, this was different. They, they tried something very different yes. with this film as opposed to the, the previous two. And you, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, Oh, mm-hmm. they make the same shit over and over again. And then when they do something right. different, you you're signing petitions to remake Halloween ends. Oh my gosh. Exist. Petitions. They're, yeah. I've been <laughs> in some dark corners of the internet watching <laughs> these things. But yeah, you're not going to make them anybody, everybody happy. You know, I get it because it was a long time coming to see how is this going to end. So I, I understand, you know, but I enjoyed it too. Yeah. And like they, they kind of mislead you a bit, sure. which, you know, which, you know, good writing, I thought. I, I, I enjoyed the chances. All right. So I'll go double movie this week. I saw Tar. This is with Kate Blanchett. And she's definitely going to be nominated for an Oscar for this. That that's something you could you could bank on. She plays this character Lydia Tarr, who is this world famous composer. And this is from director Todd Field, who hasn't made a movie in twenty years. Hmm. And this was just this is probably going to be nominated for Best Picture too. This is going to be somewhere somewhere in my top ten of the year. This was an amazing film, and there's a lot of nuance with it with her character. The director Todd Field he does a lot of things that lets the audience decide what the character is as opposed to just putting it out there for you. Like, for example, you'll hear the last third of a phone conversation or you'll see her emails and you'll see like one sentence of the email really quick before they pan away. And you kind of have to take the information you have and decipher, is this person just a misunderstood genius or is she a a vicious monster? And this is a, this is a film that I think, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna rewatch it at some point mm-hmm. because I think it will be best served by rewatching it two or three times. I think it's something you'll continue to pick things up as you watch it multiple times. And I was just, I, I saw this in the theater and I was just like in awe of this film. Yeah. It was really Let's great. Have you heard of this or was no? I have not heard of that one yet. Okay. Is that is it? So is it like a smaller movie? Like a? I guess you could call it. It, it was like indie. It's, it got a it got a limited release okay. in New York. I didn't see it in New York. I, I it was it's playing locally now, so okay. I don't know. If it's like nationwide yet, but it was playing by May. Yeah, called Tar, 
and she plays a composer and it's kind of like a rise and fall story i won't give too much yeah. too much away but really good and she was phenomenal in this movie just home run yeah and awesome. yeah i recommend and i also recommend the banshees of in a sheeran this is uh the new martin mcdonough film martin mcdonough did in bruges seven psychopaths three billboards outside of ebbing missouri oh, i love three billboards yeah that was great so this is you know in, in all of his films he has either sam rockwell or colin farrell as yes. his lead. and in this one it has colin farrell it's colin farrell nice. and brendan gleason simple story it's these guys off in this island lifelong friends and the character played by brendan gleason just decides i don't want to be your friend anymore <laughs> you bore me and that's Dang. that's the film <laughs> and a series of events unfolds based on this guy just deciding i don't want to be your friend anymore and it's, it seems very simple but a lot of yeah wild shit happens in this movie another one this will certainly be in my right. top 10 top 10 of the year this just no, this one I did see in New York. It's a, it's on a limited release. I believe it's nationwide this week. Cool. But yeah, Ma- McDonough's made four films now, and they're all they're all hits for me. They're yeah. you said you like Three Billboards. If yeah. You liked, if you liked him, you'd like his style of directing, and sure. you'd like you'd like this film. So yeah, couple of couple of good movies. We're get like last year, like all the like really kind of prestige non comic book films are premiering right. at the end of the year. And this this okay. year is no different. Yeah. So I recommend both those films. My friend, where can we follow you at? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jets85100. Okay. And you can follow me at DDEM2000. That's my handle across all the platforms. Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. We also have an Instagram and Twitter for the show. It's at Was It That Bad Pod. Give us a follow there. We'll be posting polls, quizzes, show updates, et cetera, et cetera. If you like this movie, you want to talk about it with Bridgette and I, or you want to talk about another movie or a show, whatever, with us or many other great people, join the Movie and Television Talk Facebook group. You can type that into a group search. We are the red cover photo. We're covering this movie amongst the other teen films we're about to cover because we're doing a high school movie tournament in that group, which should be a lot of fun. Um, We are off next week. No show next week. Two weeks. We'll be coming back with first 10 things I hate about you. And then we're doing clueless after that. So a couple more teen films. Any thoughts on either of those? More classics from my generation. Like I love them both. Um, yeah, absolutely loved Heath Ledger. And and when you touched on that earlier, like when we saw him, we were like, this guy's a star. Like, yeah, I mean, he went on to do Joker. Like, it just, right. yeah. And Clueless is just so iconic. Like, yeah. Alicia Silverstone. Like, I just, it's it's great. And it's all back now. Everything 90s is back. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Look forward to talking about both those. And I had a great time talking about this one with I you tonight. So th- thank you for joining me. Yes. Thank you for having me, Dave. You got it. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you all next time. Night, everybody.